Okay. Then I'm going to hang out with you then. All right. So tonight uh, we are in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I'll, I'll tell you why I asked the question. Okay. Again, the value that can be found in that of the hymns or that of music. Okay. One of the, one of the lines, one, one of the verses. You ready? Hope that lifts me from despair. All right. Uh, love that casts out every fear. Now, hold on me. Ready? Let's just say this. I did not. I, we did not choose this. We chose this for our grow on Sunday nights. We did not choose this for 2 Corinthians on Wednesday nights. Okay? Just remember that. So I'm going to leave that up the whole time. Hope that lifts me from despair. Love that casts out every fear. As I stand on every promise of your word. God's word. Remember? Uh, your opinion don't mean jack squat if it don't line up with God's word. Does not. I don't care what your opinion is. If it doesn't line up with God's word. All right? But notice the next one. Not forsaken, not alone, for the comforter has come, and I stand on every promise of your word. That is what we're talking about tonight. That, that, that in of itself will be what we talk about from that of 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And I'm going to be uh, reading, I'll read verses 1 through 11, but I'm really going to focus on 3 through 11. And what I want to talk about tonight is, is listen, ready? And really it's not so much of a... Of that of, a, of that of a title to it, but it's more of just saying, hey, you ready? We, we have a job to do within the church. We have a job to do uh, within that of the church. And, what, and the reason why we have that job to do is because we are believers. All right? So if you're in this room tonight and you're going to claim yourself to be a believer, all right? So that, that, that's real quick. We, now, we've, now we've parted the ways. Some of you are lost. Some of you are saved. There's no one in between, all right? So if you're in this room and you're claiming yourself to be a believer, that would be who Paul is talking to. Paul is encouraging the church of Corinth. Now remember... He's wrote a letter already, 1 Corinthians. He wrote another letter in between here. And the letter that he wrote in between here, boom. I mean, he brought it home. It was with the hammer. And with that letter, though, you can tell because Paul had such a love for that of the people of Corinth. That, guys, listen, his love for them was so great that he, he had to write that letter. But that letter, it was very hard on the people. It said that... They, they were broken. They, they repented. Uh, they, they were upset. Um, constantly you see that written through that of 2 Corinthians. And so what we've got to do, guys, is we've got to look. Now listen, we have to look and we have to see then, okay, wait a minute. What is Paul talking about? Why is Paul bringing this up? And then how do we apply it? Okay? L listen, if you're claiming to be a believer then this is, this is what you need to be applying. If you're not a believer, my question would be is, why are you delaying? Why delay? Why? Because, listen, He'll either be Lord of your life now, or He'll be Lord of your life after. Listen, you'll bow your knee one way or the other. And so tonight, what I want to do is I want us to read, and as we read, I want us to look and listen. Now, hey, guys, I had a difficult time, I'm not going to lie, uh, because... Of this word comfort. 
All right. I have a wrong understanding of the word comfort. And I think that most of us in this room have a wrong understanding of comfort. Okay. Uh, when that, when it comes to that of God's word and when we read it the way that it ought to be read, all right, in that of God's word, all right, the way that, that the Greek was meaning here, then what it does is it causes really this scripture to really come to life. And now you're going, aha, that, that that's the aha moment that, 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 that we have. So here we go. Verse one. I'm reading from the Net Bible, okay? So he says this, From Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. So it's by God's will that Paul is who he is. We know that according to where he was called on the road to Damascus. We know that because he spent time with that of Jesus in the wilderness. And Timothy, our brother, that's young Timothy, to the church of God that is in Corinth. So we know the letter is written directly to the church, all right? But it's to us as well. With all the saints who are in all of Achaia, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. All right? With great exclamation mark. I love that. And I think that what we find ourselves here is we're finding ourselves a man that is, he is joyful. All right? And he's, he, he's exuberant. He's, he's joyful for the reason of one reason alone is that there's someone that showed up and has shared some information with him. And we're going to see that. Titus. Titus shows up, and the words that Titus has shared with him, while yes, the people of Corinth, the, ch the church is still in their sin, they're still, there were still some great joys. Hey, you ready? That, that Paul wanted just to, he really wanted to celebrate. And that's what we're going to see here in verse 3. Watch what he does. And I'll read all the way to verse 11, and then we'll try to expound upon each one. Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. Who comforts us, now if you're underlining, I'd underline the word comfort, and I'd underline the word troubles or, or sufferings, uh, and you'll be amazed at how often you see this take place. Who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we may be able to comfort those experiencing any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For just as the sufferings of Christ overflow toward us, so also our comfort through Christ overflows to you. But if we are afflicted, I love that but, if, but if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort that you experience in your patient endurance of the same sufferings that we also suffer. And our hope for you is steadfast because we know that as you share in our sufferings, so also you will share in our comfort. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, regarding the affliction that happened to us in the province of Asia, that we were burdened excessively, I like how this version puts it, beyond our strength, so that we were despaired even of living. Indeed, we felt as if this sentence, the sentence of death had been passed against us, so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. That's a good part. He delivered us from so great a risk of death that he will deliver us, um, and, and he will deliver us. We have set our hope on him that he will deliver us yet again, as you also join in helping us by prayer, so that many people may give thanks to God on our behalf for the gracious gift given to us through the help of many. Father, we thank you for our day. God, we do thank you for our word. God, your word that, that brings change to our lives. Lord, tonight as we look at this section of scripture, Lord, may we see 
Lord, that there is value in this of uh, comforting one another. Lord, there's value in struggles. Lord, there's values in that of, of, of sufferings. Uh, Lord, there's great value in these things. Lord, there's value in prayer. And so, Father, may we be a people that will take your word tonight as we hear it and then, Lord, apply it to our lives so that we, Lord, can live a life more pleasing to you. Not to others. I don't care about others. But, Lord, we'll live a life more pleasing to you, a righteous life. Lord, in all these things we ask in Christ's name. Amen. All right. So tonight we start out with verse three. And as you get to verse three, there's a title that Paul gives to that of that, that of God. All right, and that title is much of the same title. This is a New Testament title, not like your Old Testament title that maybe would have been given to that of Moses. Moses was told by God, hey, I am that I am. All right, And so here what we're doing is we're shifting from that of an Old Testament title to where what Paul's coming to do, Paul is coming to give them that of a title of this. You ready? A title for the Christians that God is now revealed as the God now, now listen, it's not, it's not written in your version this way. Many of the versions, especially the King James, it really does not have it laid out to where it makes, um, it does not work together corporately. I don't know. Anyway, it just doesn't work the way it ought to. God is now revealed as the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This affirmation has two implications, guys. Ready? First, as the Father of Jesus Christ, God is no longer to be known simply as the Father of Israel. Through Jesus Christ, all, according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18, now through Jesus Christ, it is now all can be found underneath that of the Father. Everyone has that right. Everyone has that passage. And so therefore, it's no longer Jew or Greek. or No, no, no. We're now all the same when it comes to that of salvation. And so what he does here is he says, listen, you ready? No longer is he the I am of the I am. Now he is the Father. He is the Father of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the one that came and died and rose again for that of all. One can only... This is what the author said. One can only truly know God as Father as the Father of Jesus Christ. Second, it declares that Jesus is the foremost blessing of God. The foremost blessing God has bestowed on humankind. So what God has done is God has given us a blessing. And what Paul wants us to know as he's setting the stage for the people of Corinth is that you're ready. It is by Christ and Christ alone. And he's telling them, he's saying, listen, you ready? Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is this Father. He is the Father of mercies. And He is the God of all comfort. If you take your Bibles, I want to show you real quick this merciful part. Micah chapter 7, if you'll turn with me. Micah chapter 7. That's the Old Testament. That's Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum. All right? You get around there. I got you a couple of the books. You can get it. Micah chapter 7. And as you go there... Yeah, we're going to the Old Testament, but I want to show you in the Old Testament where it speaks of the merciful God, a God of great mercies. All right. We're going to learn uh, coming up uh, next year. God is long suffering in that of our grow sessions on, on Sunday night. But in Micah chapter seven, verse 18, this is what my Bible says there. I'll wait till you get there. Sorry. Here we go. There is no other God like you. That's awesome. You ready? You forgive sin and pardon the rebellion of those who remain among your people. 
You do not remain angry forever, but delight in showing loyal love. You will once again have mercy on us. I love that. See, that, that's my God. My, my God is a God that, 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 that shows mercy. He has long suffered. He, he will show mercy. You will conquer our evil deeds. You will hurl our sins into the depths of the sea. You will be loyal to Jacob and extend your loyal love to Abraham, with uh, which you promised and on an oath to our ancestors in ancient times. So he's a God that speaks of a God that is merciful, a God that forgives, a God that over... Um, a God that is long-suffering. I don't want to say a God that overlooks. We're not going to say that. And so, and so what we find here then is Paul saying, okay, he's the father of mercies, but he's the, also the God of all comfort. The word comfort is where I had my problems. All right? So real quick, I would love to be able to read this to you. All right? And I will read it and try to talk to you at the same time. So just bear with me. All right? Here's the problem when I got to the word comfort. Because in my mind, all right, the Western world in which we live, we hear the word comfort, and I think lazy boy, <laughs> because that's comfort. Uh, that's comfort, man. All right. Uh, when I think of food, I'm thinking comfort food: meatloaf, mashed potatoes, green beans. That's comfort food. All right. When I well, we'll go gravy and biscuits. Uh, when I think of comfort, that's really where my mind would go. And are you ready? Even to the point that I would go to a Psalm 23, and I would think of okay, he he. He leads me to lie down. He, he leads me by that of the street. And, 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 so, and so he's constantly about my comfort. All right. But the problem is here is the word comfort in that of what, of, what, of what we understand from the Greek language. The word comfort there really means encouragement. All right. If you go to the Latin word, which I don't know nothing about what I'm talking about, just what I've studied. Uh, the word, the Latin word would be fortis. Speaking of that of of, of a fortress, speaking of that of strength, all right? And what we find there is, is we find he says, listen, he's a God of mercies, but he's a God of all comfort. And what happens is, is we start seeing as Paul begins to tear apart verse, verse 4, verse 5, verse 6, he starts talking about a lot of suffering, a lot of affliction, a lot of... And, and, and what we find is is that it's through those sufferings and through those afflictions that it's then when God brings the comfort, the encouragement. It's not that God removes the affliction. It's not that God removes the trouble. Listen to me, young people. You've got to understand something. You've got a world. You've got a lifetime ahead of you. There's going to be a lot of struggles. There's going to be a lot of affliction. There's going to be a lot of persecution, especially if you live your faith out the way you ought to be living your faith out. But what we're going to see tonight is, is that by him being, hey, ready? I'll, I'll read it again. By him being the, the God of all comfort, then what we find is, is that he is a God that I, hey, ready? That I am thankful that I serve because it's through those afflictions, it's through those tough times that Micah, he's a God that is building me up. He's strengthening me. He's encouraging me right, as I'm going through those tough times. And what Paul's trying to show here is he's trying to show the people of, of, of Corinth. He's saying, listen, this is where I'm at. This is where you are at. And this is what we need to be doing for one another. Almost got way too far ahead on me. And so what happens is, is if you go to Psalm 88, real quick, go, go to Psalm 88. I want to show you what the psalmist says about this mercy and about this comfort. All right. Psalm 88. He says this. When I get there, I'm going to read, if that's okay with y'all. Psalm 88. 
I don't want to read the whole one. I don't think I do. I'm, I'm going to read the very beginning, like the first four verses. Psalm 88. And, 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 and it speaks of that of um, th- this psalm is, is about death and this psalm is about sorrow and this psalm is about. And so, and so what happens here is if you'll notice verse one, Psalm 88, verse one, oh, Lord, God, who delivers me by day, I cry out and at night I pray before you. Let me ask you a question. Have any of you even prayed to God today? I mean, th- think about it. You, you claim, hey, you're claiming to be a follower of God. You're claiming one that, hey, you ready? That relies on that of, of, of the all-knowing, all-powerful God. Have you even spoke to Him today? You know what normally happens with us most time with human beings? What we do is we let God be last. And as we're going through our troubles or we're going through our trials, we're going through, what, what we'll do is we'll, is, is we'll seek opinions from that of our friend. Hey, man, I'm dealing with this. What, what do you think? Or we'll go to some self-help site or we'll go to. But what happens is, is here the psalmist is saying, listen, you ready? Oh, Lord God, Yahweh, who delivers me? He's already recognizing it is God that will be the one that delivers him. By day I cry out and at night I pray before you. Listen to my prayer. Pay attention to my cry for help. I'm just, just listen. I don't know if you've ever been in that type of place. But guys, listen. Hey. That is where God, that is where God works so strong within your life. And what happens is, is so many times we would rather seek the comfort that the Western world has to offer. And we would rather run from that of the affliction, run from the suffering, run because listen, that's not the, that's not the American dream. And what's, what, what's happening is, is here in this psalm, The psalmist is saying, listen, I am here in the midst of it, and I know the only way I'm going to get out is if you're the God that delivers me from it. That's the only way. That's the only way that Paul knew as well. We'll see that here in a minute. It gets fun. All right, he says this. I'm I'm, going to read verse 4 because I said I would. For my life is filled with troubles, and I am ready to enter Sheol, or death. They treat me like those who descend into the grave. I am like a helpless man. Yo, that, that, is, that is despair. I mean, th- this, this individual is at to the point to where Paul was on over in like verses 10 where he says, hey, you ready? I had done r- written my sentence of death. I was dead. Paul found himself, by the time we get to the scriptures, by the time we get to the end, Paul found himself at his lowest of lows, at his weakest of weeks. Are you ready, guys? And it was at that moment God was able to comfort him God was able to show mercy to him at the greatest that he had ever seen what's what happens flip back you ready go back to second Corinthians he says this I marked mine with a pen you should have too and he says this verse four who comforts us in all our troubles who strengthens us who encourages us who it's who well it's God all right us in all of our troubles so that we may be able to Comfort those experiencing any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Hold on a minute. You mean to tell me that I've got a job to do? Yeah, your job is to be comforting others that are going through struggles as well. Galatians chapter 6. Bear ye one another's burdens. Listen guys, that's family. That, that's, that's a body of believers. That's people that are coming alongside and they're encouraging. Because wait a minute, I too have been encouraged. 
I too struggle. I too suffer. I too go through those things. And what happens is, is at that very moment, you ready? I, I want to come along someone else and I want to encourage them. I want to comfort them. And I want to try to build them up as well as I can. Why? Man, we're in this thing together, y'all. We're in it together. Ephesians 4, it's all one. We're all one. And what Paul says is, Paul says, listen, you ready? It's that comforter that's going to come. This is what I wanted to show you. Ready? Not forsaken, not alone, for the comforter has come. Take, take, just take your Bibles if you want. John chapter 14. John chapter 14. We're going to flip a little. John 14, as we already have. I'll show you. Because that should sound familiar to you. John 14, and I'm going to start reading in verse uh, 25. All right? Here we go. You ready? Jesus speaking. John 14, verse 25. Make sure I'm at the right place. I don't get too excited. All right. I have spoken these things while staying with you, but the advocate, uh, wait a minute, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything. Who's going to teach you everything? Uh, The comforter. Who's going to be the one that's going to encourage you during that suffering, Avery? During the trouble, during the, during the agony? Well, it's going to be the one that lives inside you. It's the one that as you're reading God's Word, that's why we pump it to you, son. If you'll be in the Word of God, the Spirit of God will be the one that will be guiding you. And it's the Spirit of God that is the comforter. It's the Spirit of God that gives you the strength. It's the Spirit of God that gives you the ability to overcome whatever it is that you're facing. But here in a minute, I want to tell you something. And this is the part that really where the rubber meets the road. See, it's one thing for us to call ourselves a believer. My question is, is when was the last time that you comforted anybody? We're like, well, I'm I'm only 12, Pastor Scott. Or, hey, you know what? I'm I'm 16. What what do you mean I'm supposed to comfort someone? Well, if you're a believer and you're growing in Christ like you ought to be growing in Christ, then therefore you you don't know y'all, but you could be a way more mature Christian than some of our adults that, that are in our sanctuary. And what happens is, is is as you're going through your trials and as you're growing and as you're maturing, it's the comforter that is giving you the strength to be able to do that. Then it's you then coming alongside your buddy or your friend and you're saying, hey man, listen, I want to encourage you. I want to lift you up. I don't want to see my friend wallow. I don't want to see my friend down in the dump. I don't want to see my friend wallowing in the mud. No, I want my friend up. Why? We need workers. And Paul's saying, listen, you ready? It's the comforter. It's the one that's going to come. John, Jesus said it'll be the comforter that will come and teach you everything and it will cause you to remember everything I said to you. Who's going to be the one that does that? The Spirit of God. How can you and I know what, what the Spirit of God is speaking? Through His Word. If you're not in His Word, y'all, you're missing it. You're, you're missing it. And then what happens is, is when you get to verse 5, I marked my spot, you should have. When, when, when you get to verse 5, he says this, For just as the sufferings of Christ overflow toward us, so also our comfort, our, our strengthening, our, our, our encouraging through Christ overflows to you. God's comfort to believers, listen to this, y'all, this is when it gets real. God's comfort to believers extends to the boundaries of their suffering for Christ. I'm going to say it again. You need to think about this. And then I'm going to show you some scripture to bring it back. God's comfort, God's encouraging to you, the believer, extends to the boundaries of their suffering for Christ. You suffer none? I don't know why you need to be encouraged. 
What you need to be done is kicked in the rear and get, uh, get ready, get in the word and start living a life that's pleasing unto that of the Lord. That, that, that's what you need. And what he says is, he says, they, listen, the more they endure righteous suffering, the greater will be their comfort and reward. You say, wait a minute, what, what, what do you mean? Yeah, the more, hey, I'll say it again. The more they endure righteous suffering, the greater will be their comfort and their reward. The more you endure, the more that you serve, the more that you suffer will be the more that the comforter comes alongside. You say, Pastor Scott, just where in the world would that be found? You'd go to 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 4. Watch what he says here. 1 Peter chapter 4, and I'm going to read as soon as I get there because it's, not, it's 12 through 19. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Dear friends, go ahead, you can get there before I get done. Dear friends, do not be astonished that a trial by fire is occurring among you. Hey, don't be amazed. If you're living for the Lord, I'll tell you something I love to watch, okay? I love to follow Greg Helms. You need to follow Greg Helms. You will love to see what that man goes through, okay? Greg Helms would be a great person. Let me introduce you, all right? You, you want to get real about what, you want to see what the other world's doing? That, that's a good one. Another person that would be good for you to follow and you could stop wasting your time following the other junk would be that of, um, of Juan Riesco, all right? Juan Riesco is in Chicago. Juan Riesco, I told my, my Sunday school class, might have been Sunday Night Grow. Juan Riesco has decided he's going to go to other Planned Parenthoods and he's going to work at other Planned Parenthoods. And so while he was at this one, there was a couple went in and he was trying to witness to them, trying to encourage them not to go in. As they went in, they just kind of snubbed their nose at them. And when they come out, they high-fived each other and, and they were celebrating the fact that they had just killed a baby. Okay. Guys, that, that, that's what you need to realize something. You ready? Hey, you and I, what, what we need to understand is, is that, hey, you shouldn't be shocked if you're going through tough times if you're living for the Lord. Living for the Lord is not easy. It is not rainbows and unicorns. It's not a week-long summer camp at Snowbird. That is not living for the Lord. Living for the Lord is a day-by-day, day-in-day-out, struggling to try to remain pure and righteous, serving the Lord, working for the Lord. Hey, you ready? Sharing the gospel with as many of your buddies as you possibly can. That's, that's, what, that's what it's like. You lose friends that way, I promise you. You would lose some friends. You're like, would I really? Yeah, and it would probably help you in the long run. And what happens is, as he says this, he says, verse 13, but rejoice in the degree that you have shared in the sufferings of Christ. Hey, look, are you rejoicing in the sufferings of Christ, that of his death, burial, resurrection, so that when his glory is revealed, and it will, you may also rejoice and be glad. If you, listen to this, if you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed. Have you ever been insulted for the name of Christ? You would be blessed. That's what my Bible says. That ain't what Joe Olstein would say, I promise you. That is not what, that's not what a Stephen Furtick would say either. That's not what a lot of the, a lot of the TV prosperity gospel, they're going to tell you that if you're going down that path, you're, you're sinful, you're not living for the Lord. You know what? They teach more of a westernized comfort. And what, listen, this is the word, the word says, listen, you ready? Because the Spirit of God, hello to whoever you are too. He says, because the Spirit of glory, who is the Spirit of God, rests on you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or thief or criminal or as a troublemaker. But if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but glorify God that you bear such a name. That's crazy talk. That ain't what we hear talked in our churches today. 
hey, go out, <laughs> go out. And my, my dad says, if you're going to stir it, stir it with a boat oar. Don't stir it with a spoon. Spoon's your waste of time. Take a boat oar and just stir that baby, son. All right? Because when you do that, commotion begins to take place. Watch what he does. Ready? He says, but if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but glorify God that you bear such a name. For it is the time for judgment to begin, starting with the house of God. That's right here. And if it starts with us, what will be the fate of those who are disobedient to the gospel of God? And if the righteous are, listen to this, guys, barely saved, what will become of the ungodly and sinners? So then let, let those who suffer according to the will of God entrust their souls to a faithful creator as, listen to this, guys, as they do what? As they do what? Somebody tell me. Do good. <laughs> that means that you're doing something. And that means as you're doing good, it's going to be seen as bad. And what you and I need to be realizing is, is that's what Paul is trying to bring out here in this passage. He's saying, listen, hey, you ready? Verse 5, he says, hey, for just as the sufferings of Christ overflow toward us, so also our comfort through Christ overflows to you. So therefore, what happens is, as it, overflow, as it flows into me, man, I should want to be letting it overflow into you. I, that's what should be our heart's desire. Why? Well, because we have a love for one another. We have an unconditional love for one another. Yeah, but Pastor Scott, they've been talking about me. Who cares? You still should love them. You you still should encourage them. You still should comfort them. He says this. Watch what he does here. You ready? Verse 6. But, there's your but. But if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. For your strengthening and of your salvation. And if, listen to this. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort that you experience in your patient endurance of the same sufferings that we also suffer. Basically, he's telling you and I, Paul's attitude was to suffer and to be comforted. And then so he can comfort and strengthen to enable them to, pers- to persevere. I'll, I'll say it again. Paul says these words, these weird words, y'all. I'm telling you. Think about what he's saying. I, it's almost like this. I long to go through sufferings. So that while I'm going through my sufferings, I can be comforted. So that then I can comfort you while you're going through your sufferings so that you may persevere. Well, that's Philippians chapter 2. Oh yeah, Philippians chapter 2 says that that I'm going to lose my love for myself and I'm going to begin to love my brother as myself. Oh, that's right. I'm... I'm going to esteem others better than myself. Oh, oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. The culture that that, that I'm growing up in is a culture that's all about me. It's all about about me. I've got to be happy. And what happens is, is when we come to church and that's the mindset that we have, is that it's all about me, 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 and it's never about that of others, then what we've come is we come for the wrong reason. When we, come for, when we come for church, y'all, I come for that of the corporate worship. We come for that of the body. And we come for that of the encouraging one another. That would be Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, I do believe. We're not going to turn there. And so what he's telling us, he's saying, listen, hey, I go through these struggles. I go through this tough time so that I can do what? So that I can enable the other people so that they can persevere through this Christian walk as well. Listen, the Christian walk is not easy. 
If your walk is easy, I would wonder about your Christian walk. He says this. Ready? Verse 7. And our hope for you is steadfast. Because we know that as you share in our sufferings, so also you will share in our comfort and our encouragement. Because you share with us, because because you're concerned about us, because you're ready. Um, our hope it is for you is steadfast because we know that you are there to share with us in our pain and our suffering. Listen to what he says in verse 8. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, regarding the affliction, you ready guys, that happened to us in the province of Asia. I looked everywhere for that. I don't know what happened. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what happened other than what's found right here. And what's found right here is Paul about died. It ain't one of those things where, hey man, I went down to Nantahala this past summer. If I fell out, dude, I bet I almost died. No, no you didn't. No, you didn't. All right? I died three times. I did. I did. No, no you didn't either. All right? It's one of those moments that Paul's getting ready to talk about that he was at the point that there was no way out. He was dead. There's no way of escaping. The only thing for him at that moment that all he could see was he was under such suffering. They had afflicted so greatly that you ready, Ty? He had already signed his death sentence. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time that's where you've gotten yourself to? All hope is lost. Carson, it'd be at that moment, at the moment that, that, that all hope is lost would be when you're ready, guys, that we would turn and we would look for that of the mercies of God and the comfort of God. See, that's how he started this, these verses out, was the mercy of God and that of, the, of that of that of the comfort of that our Father offers. Watch what he does here. You ready? He says this, and I'll read it. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, regarding the affliction, there's that word again, affliction, suffering, troubles, that happened to us in the province of Asia, that we were burdened excessively. Now listen to me, I underlined that word, I, don't, I know your word isn't that, but the word speaks of the fact that they, were, that they were to the point of death. Beyond our strength, so that we, listen to this, we despaired, we, des, we despaired even of living. Indeed, we felt as if the sentence of death had been passed against us. I got to turn this down. Somebody keeps going in my house. Hope it ain't nobody. All right, here we go. Indeed, we felt as if the sentence of death had been passed against us so that we would not trust in ourselves, but listen guys, but in God who raises the dead. To the point, go, go to chapter 12, chapter 12 of 2 Corinthians. To the point, chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. Listen to what he says. Ready? There's good verses. Verse 9 and 10 of chapter 12. But he said to me, My grace is enough for you, for my power has made perfect in weakness. It's that, that, that's what we need to understand. It's that is what we need. And he says, You ready, guys? So then, I will boast most gladly about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may reside in me. Therefore, I am content with weakness, with insults, with troubles, with persecutions, with difficulties for the sake of Christ. For whenever I am weak, I'm strong. 
When I am weak, hey, you ready? I am strong. Because you're ready, hey, listen, hey, that means you're out of the way. It's got nothing to do with you. The, the reason why you came through that trouble, the reason why you got strengthened during that weakness, the reason why you was able to get over that insult, the reason why, you, hey, you ready? Is because at that moment, you were weak and it was the comfort and it was the mercies of my God that would make you strong. And you ready? That's when people scratch their head and go, that's weird. That makes no sense. Because normally, if you're going through a weakness of an insult or that of whatever it is, it's your trouble, suffering, whatever it may be, normally it's our, our attitude is to handle it in a human way. No, no, no. No, we're going to handle it in a godly way. And the godly way would be this. You ready? God, Lord, hear my prayer. Remember that Psalm 88? Lord, Lord, I... I'm, I'm tugging at your ear, Lord. God, I, I need you. Oh God, do I need you. Lord, I am at the weakest. I don't know. Lord, I have nowhere to go. I don't know what to do. And it's at that moment, what he says there in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, it is then when you and I, the power of God has made us perfect within our weaknesses. And so what happens is, guys, is back over here in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, he says this. You ready? I love verse 10. It's almost like it's one of those hallelujah. He delivered us from so great a risk of death, and he will deliver us. You listen to this. Ready? We have set our hope on him that he will deliver us yet again. Said it three times. He delivered us from such a great risk of death, and he will deliver us. We will have set our hope on Him. Our hope is where? Whether I live or whether I die, to God be the glory. That's how Paul lived his life. I, I, I don't know. Only thing I know is this. You ready, young people? He was so sold out that he wanted to do nothing more than to please God. He wanted, to live, he wanted to live a righteous life. He wanted to live a life that was pleasing unto God no matter what it costed him. It didn't matter. I'd say it again. Some of you, it would, it would cost you your, hey, it would cost you your name. It would cost you your friends. It would cost you, hey, you ready? It would inconvenience some of you. Um, it, it would cause you to be uncomfortable, maybe in some of your now comfortable ways. Imagine, Hunter, listen, imagine getting to a point in your life that you were so sold out that all you wanted to do, you ready? Hey, all you wanted to do is just to live, eat, breathe, and die of that of God. All I want to do is I want to talk about God. All I want to do is just read. I want to learn more. I, 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 I told a kid today, I said, listen, when I was, when I was in high school, y'all, I found every reason why not to read. I, I, was, I, I was lazy. I was a terrible student. And, and, and all I'd done was I hurt myself. And now when you go in my office, man, I'm surrounded with books. And man, I, I, I look at that and I go, man, how much better of a reader would I have been if I would have just went ahead and went through the pains of dealing with my English teacher? Go, going through the struggles of, of learning, going through the, instead, you know what? I, 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 took the, the, I took the lazy way out. 
And many a Christian today, they're taking a lazy way out. Paul's saying, listen, hey, remember the, uh, the one author said this, God's comfort to believers extends to the boundaries of their suffering for Christ. God's comfort, His encouraging, His strengthening to a believer extends only to the boundaries of their suffering for Christ. The more they endure righteous suffering, the greater will be their comfort and reward. That's crazy talk. And what he says in verse 11 is, is where you and I, it would do us well to have a good understanding. He says, as you also join in helping us by prayer, intercessory prayer. He talks about this intercessory prayer at, at least three more times. He talks about it in Romans 15. And I'm going to turn to that one. And while you're writing, he also talks about it in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 19. You can write that one down because of time's sake. And then he also talks about this in Philemon uh, verse 22. There's only one chapter. So I was going to say chapter 1, but that would sound ignorant. All right. Listen to what he says in Romans 15 verses 30 and 31 about this prayer. Romans 15 verses 30 and 31 says this. Now I urge you, brothers and sisters, through our Lord Jesus Christ, there it is again, for through the love of the Spirit to join fervently with me in prayer to God on my behalf. Verse 31, pray that I may be rescued from those who are disobedient in Judea and that my ministry in Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints. Interceding for one another. Praying for one another encouraging one another, comforting one another. See, we have a place. You're like, is that really what we're supposed to do in student ministry? Yep, that's exactly what. If you're going to call yourself a believer, that's exactly what we ought to be found doing. And what we need to be doing that is we need to be doing that even greater now. Because listen, you ready? We have got very lazy at that, and it is much needed. The encouraging of one another, y'all, listen to me. Ladies, man, gentlemen, man, it needs to be there. Y'all need each other. It ain't that you want each other, you need each other. And what would happen is, is some of us would start getting real with that of our walk and would get, get real with that of our, our talk. Then, man, we, we then could begin to encourage others and we could begin to lift others up and we could then begin to become united as one. Man, at what God could do with our lives.